Welcome to Digital Done Right, where we talk all things digital and automation marketing. My name is Dustin Trout, and with me, as always, is Brian Barrett, owner of OCT Performance Marketing and Automated Digital. And today, we're going to be talking about voice search. And so really, to kind of kick it off, Brian, I'd love to kind of hear your, your thoughts. I mean, for the audience, what is voice search? It's one of those things I think we use that it's kind of bled into our lifestyle that we don't even know we're using it. And I think that's probably a good thing shows the adoption of technology, um, you know, be it Alexa or whatever device you have at home, <clears throat> Siri, what have you. Uh, it just, yeah, again, it seems like something that even my kids, wife, coworkers, we all just use, and it's just, it's, we just become accustomed to it. I think the big question is how does it, how do businesses leverage it and how do, as agency people or business owners and business consultants, what do we, how do we help, uh, transition traditional ways that customers learn and find out about businesses? Uh, to help transition them into a, a voice search environment. Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, it is taking some time for adoption, but it's definitely blowing up. And I mean, in terms of time, I mean, back in 2007, the iPhone was introduced and Google created an app to where uh, you can do voice to text where you're talking on the phone and, and text pops up. And really, that was kind of the, the big first move. Um, and since then, I mean, it's really been blowing up, especially with the evolution of voice activated, activated digital assistants. You got Alexa, you got Siri, I mean, you got Cortana, you got Google. I mean, it's got so many assistants now, but as people have started using them and seeing the efficiencies in their day to day, I think the, the overall consumer adoption is definitely exploding. And as consumer adoption happens, I think, yeah, to your point, businesses need to start, you know, thinking more about it rather than it being on the, the back burner is uh, how do you fold this into your overall marketing strategy? Um, I mean, in terms of just adoption, I mean, where do you think uh, you know society is today? Whenever it comes to voice, voice assistance, just overall voice to text, just voice in general, using voice in their day to day. When I look at some of the stats, I mean, the stats <clears throat> clearly point that the the use of voice has increased across various um, demographics for sure. You know, a pretty staggering. But I kind of wonder when I look at the stats, are they similar to how companies report app usage. <laughs> um, you know, lots of apps have been downloaded. You know, we've had 6 million app downloads, but, you know, we don't really get to see underneath the hood on like what's how often people use them, how often people delete them, all those sorts of things. So I, I kind of am a little bit skeptical about, yeah, I might like me personally, I've got voice on my phone. I've got voice at home. I've got voice in my car. And I, Yes, I have it. Yes, I probably use it once a month or twice a month, but it's not like part of my routine. Um, so I, I take the stats with a grain of salt. Um, but from an adoption perspective, yeah, and this is kind of interesting. You know, there's this big, and I guess it's still like smart home technology. And you know, most manufacturers now have hubs and you know, like light bulbs and all these different devices to connect and outlets and all this stuff. And a lot of it obviously can be voice controlled, I, you know, and maybe I'm just at a different part of the adoption curve, but it seems like that the cool factor of that has kind of gone away. So I'm wondering if there's how much utility or long lasting utility is there. It's kind of like, yeah, electric cars are cool, um, but still the majority, like the vast majority of vehicles are gas powered. So what's going to make 
you know, that dramatic shift. I, I don't know what needs to happen, but it kind of feels like what's happening with voice to a degree. Yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, you had the early adopters, but I think to your point with whole the whole home automation and actually using it, it's the the barrier to entry was, I mean, pretty high. It's uh, you know, have someone here that that they did that to their house, and I mean, they're young and and you know, very technologically savvy. And it was even difficult to kind of pair everything together, and I think that's been the the biggest hurdle for uh, consumer adoption is just the uh, the ability to tie everything together and make it work seamlessly. Um, but I think, you know, there's there's a lot of headway that's been made. Google just dropped something, I think this week or last week, um, that is like the uh, almost Google Home. It can basically connect all different applications outside of the Google app, uh, ecosystem um, mm-hmm. to help with some of that. And I think with that, I mean, there, in terms of stats, I mean, I think there there is some headway to be made. I mean, Google has sold more than 8 million Google Home models. Uh, you know, in 2019, Amazon sold over 4.1 million Echo devices. Um, by Q2 in 2018. And so I think a big part of it is that that adoption. I mean, do you think it's a matter of there just not being enough utility to create that adoption? Are businesses not innovating to create the opportunity to adopt? Um, or is it that people just don't want it, you think? Uh, probably a little bit of all of it. I mean, uh, you know, part of the complexity of the technology, I mean, you've got hardware and software sides, obviously. Uh, but on the software side, it's there's kind of like you got to be able to understand what someone's saying, and then you have to process what they said and understand the context of it and deliver back a result. So it's a fairly, you know, in my opinion, it's quite a bit more complex than typing in a search into a computer. Um, so there certainly a, is a technology advancement angle to it. Um, you can see. The various, you know, Google, Apple, Amazon, there's opportunity there or they wouldn't be investing in it and going after it as hard as they as hard as they have been. Um, But I guess there's one way to figure out how and continue to figure out how to make the software work is, you know, just continue to keep trying. And clearly, at least from a purchasing behavior, customers are purchasing it. Um, I just don't know. Again, I think you can hear skepticism in my skepticism in my voice. I think we'll talk about this later, but you know, the majority of searches are still for you know things like what's the weather. Let me listen to some music, which those are, those things are fine. I mean, those are things we do you know at work. I turn on my audio player, I check the weather, and all that sort of stuff. But is that really valuable to a business? Yeah. And I mean, to your point, getting things correct is a huge piece of it. I mean, if you're going to ask you, uh, you know, you'd want to get the right answer and kind of to your point, it's it's connecting what is actually being asked. What's the intent of that question? And can it actually be solved? And, you know, some interesting numbers. I mean, Google Home is is the winner compared to everything when it comes to answering questions correctly at about 81 percent of all questions asked were uh, answered correctly. Amazon is second at 64%. Then you have Apple HomePod that's at 52%. So they almost get half of the things incorrect. And it's like, as a consumer, I'm not going to continue asking these questions if I'm getting the wrong answers. So I think mm-hmm. to your point, it's it's there's not enough utility or correct information to incentivize someone to keep asking. And I think uh, mm-hmm. as that kind of evolves, um, that'll happen. I think the other side of it is companies should incentivize somehow on, on getting consumers to adopt. And I think that's how you'll expedite that adoption curve. But um, you bring up a good point on what people are actually searching. What's interesting is more than 20% of voice search queries are actually triggered by a combination of only 25 keywords. 
And a lot of them are play music. Where is this? But I think one thing that can be said is, is if we know these are the 25 things that people are mainly asking, what would your recommendation be on, on how to create strategy for a business knowing that, that these are the types of questions being asked? And a lot of it is how, what, where, um, these types of questions, why? It, uh, it's kind of a similar question to going back to the segment we did about feature snippets and position zero searches um, and you know providing customers FAQ sort of content. And looking at trends in voice search, like you mentioned, like what time is the concert or where is this restaurant or how do I, you know, change my oil or, you know, I don't know, Mm -hmm. but those are very similar in nature to, um, the types of stuff we talked about, you know, getting up into position zero on, you know, search engines. So it seems to me now that we're talking about it, if those two, uh, I'll call it traditional search and now voice search are kind of using the same sort of content, there must be something there, Um, which is, you know, there's something there in that, I I guess that's all you're ever doing as a search engine is asking it a question. Yeah. So maybe voice search is a more conversational, more natural way of just answering the questions. Now it's up to the, you know, the machine to provide back answers. So I, I don't know if you need to have like you picture you're creating a messaging strategy. You're like, what are my FAQs? I don't think you need like FAQs and then a column for voice and a column for text. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's probably like, here are my FAQs. Um, one thing I don't know is how the voice search engines will actually translate questions. Because when we type something in, it's different than when we say it. Like at least when I search, I use shorthand, and then also there's autocorrect. So you know, it. Uh, I tend to, you know, but I don't speak that way, so I don't know how voice search interprets what I'm saying. Um, so there could be a, a bridge to gap, uh, a gap to bridge there. But yeah, no, you bring up a good point, and I, I think, I mean, as, as you were mentioning that, I think there's a lot that this ties to the previous episode that we we're talking about. At the end of the day. Someone is trying to find information, whether they're typing it into a Google search or they're actually saying it to a device. At the end of the day, someone's looking for a question. I think as a business, what most businesses need to do is rather than answer that in one form of of communication in that structured snippet to be in that zero spot, it's like, how else are are people going to look for this? Are they going to be typing it? Are they going to be going to YouTube? Are they going to be voicing it? And it's I think it should be folded into your SEO strategy. I don't necessarily think that it's a whole other initiative. More so, how do we fold this into our, our current strategy? Because when it comes to voice, it's it's a structured snippet, just like uh, we were talking on the previous episode. So it's just a matter of schema markup on the back end of your website. And now now you're, you're, you're folding it in. And it's like, if you're already doing the effort to answer the question, just throw in the structured snippet on voice. And now you, you can be the first result whenever someone asks, what is CPM? What are Facebook ads? And all that type of stuff. But knowing that it is information, people are asking questions, you have the answers just simply fold it into uh, that particular web page that you're optimizing for that query. Mm-hmm. It, it is a little, um, it does make you think as someone who manages advertising for clients, there's only one voice response, you know? Uh, it's not like, you know, you say, what, what is the, what is the best mid-sized sedan? It's not like, 
the Alexa will come back and say, well, there are three articles that you could choose from that address what are the best mid-sized sedans. It doesn't do that. And then it says, car and driver, you know, whatever, whatever, mm-hmm. consumer reports. So that, that is an interesting, you know, how, how do you, you, you can't guarantee to a client that you're going to be the answer. Yeah. It's just like, you can't guarantee you're going to be the number one ranked, you know, mm-hmm. organic search for XXX term. So I don't, I don't know what that, what that really looks like. You know, I, I mean, I, yeah, I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite yeah. sure how good monetizes it. Um, because I'm sure a lot of advertisers would absolutely be willing to pay whatever it costs to get the number one spot. Yeah. And you know? it's a- I mean, even for, think about it, it's like, where's the closest McDonald's? I bet Wendy's would pay a lot to answer that question. Uh-huh. I, I, I think so. <laughs> and I, because there isn't as much real estate, it's worth more. You get one answer. It's not like they're going to be giving you a five, like on a Google search result, you have the top four spots are ads. Then you have organic. You have all these different choices. When it comes to voice, it's it's. I don't think they're you know they're going to have a whole long list of uh, choices to to really choose from. Um, so I mean, to your point, if someone's looking for fast food or McDonald's, you know, you can do a conquesting campaign. And hey, we're not McDonald's, but we're right down the road. And we're Wendy's, and uh, yeah. you know, kind of takes some market share there. It kind of you know begs the question, and we're going to probably talk about skill development. And I know that eco- ecosystem of developers building all sorts of kinds of skills. You know that that I think provides you know that that is the future because right now we're just talking about a consumer asking practical questions yeah. about where or when, how, all that sort of stuff. Um, but as more skills get developed and those and customers start understanding first of all that they're available and then integrating them into their lifestyle that starts opening the door for brands being able to give richer experiences like again as a consumer i don't know i don't even know what i would ask of if i was looking for like a new backpack i have no idea what i would even ask siri about now what you know it'll get more conversational like what what do you mean? Like, I mean, what is the best backpack? And it might be, well, what are you looking to accomplish? And it, it might be more yeah. conversational. I mean, I don't I mean getting the first answer, we're at, I mean, we're not even there yet, let alone having a full-blown conversation to get to the bottom of what it yeah. is that you're actually looking for. Chatbot. Yeah. A voice exactly. chatbot. I, I mean, mean, you did mention, I mean, Alexa skills and everything like that. I mean, uh um, do you have a client that been working on um building this out for? I'd love to maybe Here's some examples. What's the evolution been like? What has this done? Um, yeah, just what, what are your thoughts on on the progression of, of what's been done? Yeah, uh, great question. So it's, it's actually probably a little over two years ago now. We pitched a concept using voice search to a client because it was kind of more, more uh, hardware became available, more vendors were providing the hardware. Um, so it was more of a kind of an R&D project. Uh, so we made it work, developed some skills as for, uh, real estate. And the primary objective of it was to allow a customer interested in a home to schedule an appointment using your voice. So, Hey, I'm interested in a house in Phoenix, Arizona, um, you know, state your price point, And then, uh, the assistant would give you back some options and then you're able to, schedule an appointment at a certain day of the week based on some calendar settings and skill settings. And then off you go. Once you confirm the appointment with your voice, 
you know, it'll send you either a text or an email confirming the appointment. So the use case is really straightforward. Uh, the challenges were, um, we'll get to the marketing and use side of it in a second, is once you start thinking through the variables of like what someone could ask, you know, that, that's why you see, you know, companies like Google just investing, you know, billions of dollars to figure this out. I mean, there's an infinite number of variables or variations to the same sort of question. And heaven forbid, while you're talking, one of your kids says they have to go to the bathroom. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, <laughs> what what ends up happening in that, in that certain conversation? So we made it work, which was cool. Um, we integrated some third party or not actually some first party data to help with the search and filtering criteria. Um, and then you move over to the getting people to use it side, actually customers using it. So it was really cool within the company and the board really liked it, but um, it's one more thing you have to market and it requires, uh, you know, you, the, the user to more or less download the skill and then use it. So it's just one more barrier when it's, you know, by the time you get there, and the voice assistant maybe doesn't understand you and you got to go back and you got to try again and you didn't read the script right and all these sorts of things. It might as well just gone to the website or picked up a phone. So yeah. it's cool. R&D, it works, proof of concept. It just isn't relevant for this particular client. It, it is nice. I mean, it, it'd be really... And, and, you know, we've done this. You, you can, uh, you know, ask Siri to you know, call so-and-so company for a massage. And depending on how the company's set up, you can book your appointment with your voice. Yeah. But you can also do that through speakerphone in your car, talking <laughs> to a real person. No, I mean, think about it. Like I'm Bluetooth in my car. I could call the person. The person can say, yes, I have Monday at two o'clock available. Thank you very much. I'll see you Monday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I agree. And I think it's all about getting creative and how you do that. I mean, it's a... Uh, creating those situations, knowing that most people are probably in their home whenever they, they have the device there. And it's, it might be something where it's cross channel type of promoting, but I mean, people aren't going to know what keywords to say to even get what they want. And so it might be, and this is where you got to have, you know, a little bit of budget to do this, but it's almost like, you know, home builder, you take someone that, that is in market to buy a home. You have a TV ad that talks about a cool new way to use here. Like, Hey, are you interested in a home? We have a cool new thing that does this, da, 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 da. All you have to do is say this. And it's like, it gets all of a sudden the wheels turn and it's like, oh, wait, what is that? And you know that if they're watching on TV, they're probably on their couch. That device is probably right behind them or, or near them. So they don't even have to leave the couch. And they could say, hey, Siri, and then do that keyword phrase. Um, and now you kind of you create the curiosity through the TV ad that then creates the adoption for them to actually use it. And it's to your point, it's all about creating that great experience. I mean, as soon as someone finds a snag, they're going to be gone. But I think this is a it'd be a great way to build that relationship quickly by sparking curiosity in a whole other channel. I mean, it's, it's pretty complex, yeah. but I think that might be the way to do it. Yeah. You know, and this isn't dissimilar from other innovations. I, I think we're thinking about voice search within the context of what we have today mm -hmm. as a complement to today's ecosystem. I think probably a good worthy way of thinking about it is what could it create that we don't have today? Like I use the example of like, well, I can get in my car and use Bluetooth. Like, why would I need to call a voice assistant to do the same thing for me? That might, that's probably not the use case. Probably the use case is something that we need a whiteboard and a bunch of creative people to throw some stuff at the wall and uh, brainstorm to think about, you know, blank slate. And I'm sure people have done that, but uh, you know, 
I, I think we're trying to smash voice into what we have today, and that's probably not. That's I, I, not the future of it. I think you just hit the nail on the head because I mean it's a. Uh, Camera who who mentioned it, but they were talking about you know everything used to be radio, and then it went to TV, and what people were trying to do is do radio ads on the TV medium, and it just it's not how it was consumed, and I think we might be at that point. We're trying to take old communication styles and smash them into this new way. And I think it just mm-hmm. hasn't been enough brain power, creative brain power to think of how this application can really be used differently. And I think one thing we're talking about, you know, in between the last episode and this one that kind of got on it is, I mean, it might not be used for marketing direct response, but to enhance the customer experience, you know, you built a, a, an awesome app, self-guided tours and someone can go and, and, you know, tour something virtually almost. It's like, what if someone can put on AR and VR glasses and, and all you have to do is say something to change the tile of the flooring or the different options that are available instead of having to push buttons or whatever, you could have VR glasses on and say something and it, it, it enhances the experience. It's not the direct response that gets you to buy it, but it enhances the overall uh, user experience, which then leads you to the purchase. And that, I think, I think yeah, I think you just hit the nail on the head that it's, uh, we just haven't figured out how to use it yet. Yeah, I mean, that example you're using about having some uh, AR glasses and then being able to talk to, you know, glasses so the glasses do something, some sort of control, some sort of action. Mm-hmm. But the action they're controlling, you need you need your voice, you need your glasses to recognize your voice. Well, you need the glasses to project the image. You need the image created in a way that is shot in an AR sort of way, like the iPhone 12 Pro has um, to a degree. Um, you know, so there's like all sorts of hardware and software going on, but yeah, I mean, we've all seen the movies, you're walking down the street, you got this, these glasses on and you can see things differently. And then I can directly interact. Like I'm walking by a CVS, you know, I see the CVS, I see an offer for Tylenol or whatever. I say, you know, order that Tylenol. Okay, sweet. Yeah. Got the Tylenol ordered and I haven't had to touch anything. I haven't had to say, Hey Siri, you know, um, well, I'd probably have to say something to invoke the tool, but you hear what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, going back to our in between, uh, the two episodes, I think, uh, you bring up a good point. I think, I mean, I know personally on myself, I keep thinking of everything in the individual silos. You got AR, you got VR, you got voice. And it's like, how do you do them individually? But what you just mentioned is kind of taking all these new, uh, technologies and essentially bring them together where you have VR and AR combined and you use voice to kind of control it. And I think that's, uh, I think uh, where the white space is, is that that genius that's going to come in and figure out how to tie it all together to just blow user experiences out of the water uh, of what we currently understand them to be. And I think that's where you're going to just see a ton of adoption, which then is going to incentivize investing more because there's revenue behind it. And I think, uh, I, I think your thoughts are on the, the right track there is how do we tie them all together? And so when it comes to the, the marketing piece, I mean, how has it pushed the needle at all with the current client or how is it used in, in marketing in general? Well, it was, uh, we didn't have, I won't call them high hopes, but there's just so many hurdles to adoption. We got the tech to work. We advertised it. You know, it's just like any sort of advertising. If you say too many things at once, then it's just a bunch of noise. So I don't know if it was advertised the best it could have been advertised, 
But in my opinion, it also doesn't really matter because there are other ways for people to schedule an appointment to see a house that were a lot easier. So it was a good exercise in developing technology. Certainly the skill still exists. Uh, the expectation was to build more onto it. Um, but I'd say our, our beta tests, there just was hardly any adoption. Part of that's promoting it. Um, but the other side is I just think it's too many steps for a customer to, to conduct or complete a task that is much easier, easier to complete by filling out a form online or live chatting or calling somebody. Yep. No, I, I agree. And I think uh, sticking to how does this all work together, you know, find, figuring out how you can optimize your website um, to really be in line with, with voice. There's a few, few uh, suggestions out there on the internet, you know, be more conversational, use questions or phrases, um, optimize your business listing to, uh, to be in line with that, to make, make it more findable via uh, voice. Uh, make sure your site is mobile friendly. I mean, out of all these different things, I mean, which one really sticks out to you that if a business were to ask, how can I make my site coincide with voice a bit more? What would be business Business listing. Why, you know? Why is that? I mean, well, again, just looking at the trends right now. I mean, well, first of all, people need to know how to get... I mean, I'm talking about point of sale stuff. Yeah. Like, or excuse me, physical retail. I mean, you, someone's got to find you. And that's also in line with what the data shows on what people are doing on voice right now. Is they're looking like where something is or how to get to somewhere. Um, so the business listing to me makes a lot of sense. And my guess is that the structure of those business listings is coinciding very well with how voice search should use to find data on something. Um, so that would be a good spot. You should work on your business listing anyway for any sort, <laughs> any sort of customer or experience, uh, much less just search. Um, and then for, I'll call it enterprise level, it still seems to me that it is a, it's an R and D mode. And I think between enterprises investing and then also agencies working there, I think it's a fun time to be able to figure out how to, you know, communicate and advertise and get customers to engage with voice. Certainly if you're one of the, like I'm thinking of, you know, large advertisers like Coke, they probably already have voice search going on. It just, it's just cool. It makes them feel, it makes the customers feel like Coke is current and you want to keep engaging with them. It feels to the younger audience. So in my mind, it's a pretty cheap way to learn about some tech, like, you know, using R and D funds. And then also like question is like always, how do we appeal to different audience segments? You know, just by talking about voice search and using it in advertising, you're kind of, by definition, appealing to a younger audience, not through the words you're using, but through, hey, we use cool technology. No, yeah, not the words you're using, but how the the channel in which you're uh, voicing those words, I think, is is where it's at. And that, and that might be the thing is it's not so much a, an all-encompassing hitting everyone on voice. It might just be a certain segment. And really, it, it might be, is that the segment that's really driving your business? And if so, maybe you put some more thought behind it. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, we've talked a lot about, you know, what voice search is, how, how you're currently using it uh, for clients and, and the current state along with uh, kind of the future. Um, I mean, any, any last words when it comes to voice that, that people should be mindful of? seems like I say this a lot of, you know, there's lots of channels out there. You already said it really well. Different consumers relate to different channels and react to different channels in different ways. Um, it's one of those things, you know, you heard me mention R and D a lot, depending on, you know, again, I'm talking to enterprise, enterprise clients, you gotta be trying, you gotta put some money mm -hmm. towards it. Um, 
you know, it has a lot of application of whether you're selling direct to consumer or B2B, like there's an application for it. Um, so beyond that, I'm, I'm just interested in seeing how it evolves. And I think one of the last things we said is, you know, we're probably not thinking about the right context for voice search about what it could do. And then also just like most technologies is it'll play really well with other tech that it probably like AR, it just hasn't been connected yet, mm-hmm. or it probably has been connected yet, but not in a consumable fashion. So yeah, it's an, it's definitely an exciting space. I mean, we're going to be talking, we're going to be talking to computers and they're going to be talking to us and doing tasks for us. Yeah. So this is hard. Yeah. No, I mean, I think we can both agree that it's not for everyone, but it is right for some people. And those people that it might be right for, those people are going after maybe younger demographics or uh, want to uh, learn more about how voice can help their business. How can they reach out to you? OCTPerformance.com uh, or automated.digital. Uh, and you can find me on LinkedIn at Brian Barrett. Awesome. Well, lots of great stuff. I'm excited to see the evolution of, uh, of voice. For those who are, who are watching, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Digital Done Right. We'll catch you on the next episode.